cartoons, the animated frontier. These are the voyages of the Cellcast podcast. It's continuing mission to explore strange new cartoons, to seek out new animation styles and new creative storytelling methods, to boldly go where so few ever go again. Welcome to another episode of The Cellcast. Joining me today is a man whose doghouse just won a uh, lighting and decoration contest. Jake, welcome Jacob. <laughs> Rough. <laughs> That's uh, Snoopy for heck yeah. <laughs> uh, no, more Snoopy would be like, ow, 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 ow. something like that. <laughs> That's it. That's more like it. Why thank you? Let me introduce our co-host, a man who is just trying not to pull a Charlie Brown. <laughs> Welcome, Drew. Well, I mean, sometimes you just get depressed. That is true. And you sometimes just don't feel like getting into Christmas because it's too commercialized. That is true. But then I quit working at Walmart, <laughs> and I just feel fine. Yeah. How are you doing, Jacob? <laughs> man, I'm doing pretty good. It's been it's been a very long, long week. It's been a long week. It's been a long weekend, but it's been a very enjoyable weekend. I'll get into that in a few minutes. Right. But uh, first, we've got our trivia question for this week. We do. And this this week's trivia question was what book, chapter, and verse does Linus recite in a Charlie Brown Christmas? Mm-hmm. Do you know? Uh it's Luke. Luke 1? No, it's Luke 2. Mm-hmm. Luke 2. I'm not sure the verse, though. You got you did good. It is Luke 2, mm-hmm. verses 8 through 14. 8 through 14. Which Josh Adams got exactly right, so that brings Josh up to 40 points on the trivia game. I don't know what these 40 points are to, but uh, Dallas uh, did... Did point did uh, say that J- Josh was right before I, uh, last week in, in the chat. So gotcha, awesome sauce. So now that we got that out of the way, of course we will ask another trivia question at the end of this week's episode. So stay tuned for that. In the meantime, Jacob, how are you doing? Man, I'm doing very well. Uh, there again uh, for there again going back a week. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody who, uh, if you had a great, uh, Mm -hmm. wonderful and joyous uh, festivity, uh, celebrating what the Lord has blessed you with, family or, you know, family that are friends, uh, what have you. And And hopefully you survived Black Friday. Exactly. Exactly. Those are always harrowing harrowing times. Uh, I've been doing pretty good. Uh, I went to go see my parents on Wednesday and then stayed the night. There again, I hate driving. I hate driving at night. Let me point that out. I hate driving at night. I think Fair most enough. Of, so I go to my parents' place, go hang out. Me and Jim, my brother, also former uh, uh, the show we formerly were, were part of, um, we watched uh, another series. I'll bring that up in a few minutes when we get up to my watch. Uh, so have turkey dinner. I've been invited to go hang out with my boss because he's like, Hey, come over. We'll have plenty of food. Okay. So I plan on leaving around three, 
That didn't happen. I wound up going to visit some of my other family, which were right next door to my parents. And I didn't leave the house until like 6.30, 6.45, got home, dumped my gear, went to work the next morning, and then went to the Texas Renaissance Fair that night. There again, I don't like driving at night. <laughs> if you haven't been to the Texas Renaissance Fair, if you are in Texas during the fall season, it is a wonderful experience. I'm sure it is. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of walking. Not my thing, but I'm sure it's I, fun. Exactly. So, yeah, went there, drove back. Now, if you are from the Texas area, if you are from the Texas area, primarily the East Texas area, um, there was a massive rainstorm came through that night. I drove through that. <laughs> so, what a trip took me normally two and a half hours, <coughs> nearly took me four hours because I'm driving between 60 and 50. Right. The entire way. <laughs> so... Yeah, it was interesting. Went to church the next morning. and Soaked to the bone still. Uh, I don't have a, a convertible, man. <laughs> well, I'm saying you were probably still soaked, even though you were probably dry. Yeah, probably. You felt soaked. I felt soaked. <laughs> that was the most nerve-wracking drive I've ever experienced. Let's say that. And currently, I am dog-sitting for a family at church. So thank you to the family. You are now enjoying a probably well-deserved vacation. Right. So, uh, yeah, I'm taking care of three dogs <laughs> for this week. And so, yeah, as soon as we're done here, I'm going to go get stuff from my apartment and then head back over to their place. <laughs> so, yeah, that has been my week. How about you? Well, after uh, we got done recording last week, I did not quite figure out the amount of time I really needed to edit the podcast before I had to be in Lindale last Wednesday. Mm -hmm. So I thought, well, I'll just pack up the source files, put it on a jump drive, and then uh, I'll just edit it while I'm down there and upload it. The jump drive didn't get stuffed in the turkey, did it? No. Okay. Just checking. Jump drive is actually right here. Okay, good. It didn't become part of the giblets. No, it didn't. No, now it's lost on the floor forever. Um, well, I got it edited on my parents' computer. I failed to realize that Wi-Fi is slower than the wired connection. And it takes a while to upload files. Because, see, on, on my computer, I'm, I'm straight, hooked right into the modem. Right. It's like five minutes to upload the whole kit and caboodle. Yeah. It took 45 minutes before the system reset. Which meant it didn't get uploaded Sunday uh, right. until Sunday when I got back here mm. and got it uploaded via my computer. Yeah. So for those of you who are curious, where why last week's episode came out so late? That's why. What time did you get back anyway? On Sunday. Yeah. Like about eight eight thirty. Oh okay. Yeah, me and Chase just hung out and just... yeah, it was it would have been too late for me to come over there as I was already wore out. Yeah, he was worn out because he's been dealing with a, a cold. I wouldn't know a thing about that. No, obviously, obviously not. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, and we had a good time over good. the week. Um, watched a lot of old TV. Hung out, decorated my my helped my mom decorate for Christmas. Hmm. You know, just kind of normal stuff. And then obviously decorated here. Well, that was this afternoon. Yeah. Because I needed to get done before the episode. That is true. So anyway. 
So I got to do a cool thing this week. Cool. What was that? I uh, got to record a devotion for Geek Devotions. Yeah, I saw something about that. Yeah, about uh, Final Fantasy XIV, of all things. Wow. So, uh, yeah, you got to go check that out when you get a chance. Yeah, do that. Uh, other than that, I think that takes, that's about all I've done. What have you been watching? What have I been watching? So, uh, besides this wonderful short film we were about to review... Uh, I watched the, as I was at my parents' place for Thanksgiving the night before, me and my brother Jim sat down because he, had, we started talking about uh, Masters of the Universe Revelation. Right. How the second part came out on Netflix. Uh, if you haven't watched the first part, go watch it. It's really good. There again, it's very controversial. Either you love it or you just despise it. Uh, so we wound up watching the the second part, which was on, I think, like five or six episodes. It's amazing storytelling. Like, uh, like always, with the first part of Amazing Storytelling, this doesn't uh, disappoint whatsoever. So I wound up watching that. Uh, and on Sunday, I was sitting over with a friend of ours, Chase, who's also been on an episode. We were reviewed Tron last year. Mm-hmm. And so if you want, want to listen to that episode, go check it out in the uh, in the archives. So... So we want to watching, I think it's My Love Story. It's an anime. Right. Yeah. That's interesting. Big hulking guy. Uh, oh, I've seen this uh, advertised. Yeah. Big brood of a guy falls in love with a little girl. Yeah, pretty much. a little girl, a small, cute person of the same age. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's interesting how that be like it's the the storytelling and the how real they get the uh the emotions and mm-hmm. it's not just like oh head over heels nothing's wrong with their relationship whatsoever. Uh which those always bug me because they're not realistic. Right. It's it's the the um it's the the oh we're going to throw everything into a fantasy world where nothing is wrong giving reality the boot. Those um, are called isekai. That is true. We were talking about isekai. Of the time. We were talking about isekai at one point. Um, so yeah, I watched that, and then before I got over here, I finished notes. You know what? I've got a little time, so I pulled up Netflix. Started watching the uh, Netflix original series Cowboy Bebop, based on the, se- the, the uh, same anime series that came out of the nineties or late nineties, actually. And uh, if you haven't watched the original series, go watch it. If, if you're an if you're an anime nut or you're just you love animation in general, go mm-hmm. watch it. I know Drew is in process in process of watching the series. So yeah, I watched episode one. It's kind of a mixed bag. They change a lot. Uh, one character shows up way too early. I was like, oh okay, I see why they brought this character in, and then they bring in a <sighs> character who is steadily introduced through the series who doesn't show up until the last two up the last episode or mm-hmm. the second from last episode in the original series. She shows up in the very first episode at the very end, which I'm like, what? It, it blew my mind. I was like, this, this is different. It's like, okay, that's doesn't take it. That's going to take a knife to some that to one of our main character, our main protagonist. But either way, uh, let us know if you have seen the new Cowboy Bebop on Netflix. I haven't. Okay. If there again, no spoilers. Just see if you've watched it 
and let us know what you think without spoiling it. Because there there is quite a bit of it that's different. Let's say that. Right. So, yeah. So that's what I have watched. And there again, if you watch Masters of the Universe Revelation Part 2, please, please let us know down in the comment section down below, wherever you're watching or listening, and let us know what you thought of it. So with that out of the way, that is all I've been watching. So what have you been watching, Drew? Well, while I've been visiting my parents this week, we, of course, watched some uh, middle, which I've brought up before. Mm -hmm. We also watched two other, some episodes of two other different shows. Really? Classics. Um, One of them we watched was Wagon Train. Wagon Train. Is a 1960s Western television show from right before the switch to color. Oh, okay. And it shares a format with another favorite television show of mine from that era that is still getting sequels and new new movies and TV shows. And we've even reviewed some of the franchise on this show. Hmm. Do tell. Well, I mean, one of the ships is right here. Star Trek. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> uh, that's the original. In fact, Star Trek has always been called the wagon train. I got stars live longer, prosper. Yeah. But so I, we watched some, some of that. And then we also watched another show, another black and white Western from that era mm-hmm. that uh, has a very, very popular theme song. Rawhide. Ah, okay. That's an interesting show. Okay. I give, give that a shot. If you've never seen it, it's a, uh, it's a fun, it's a fun little Western show. It's very much a, uh, it's similar to Wagon Train in that it's every place they go, it's, you know, it's, there's a different incident Yeah. while they're trying to drive these cattle. Yeah. So it is very episodic, but I mean, each of the individual stories we saw were very good. So yeah, we watched that, watched an old movie from the eighties that I enjoy called War Games starring Matthew Broderick. I keep hearing about this movie. I haven't watched it yet. You need to watch it. I mm. think I've got a copy of it lying around here somewhere. Okay. I may let you borrow it. Thanks. And that's pretty much Oh no, I take it back. There's some other things. Uh I'm now caught up on Discovery season okay. two. Okay. Season two. Season four as it's come out. Mm. First two episodes. And another little show that is started streaming Wednesday hmm. about a uh, archer at Christmas time. Oh, Hawkeye. Yes. How is that? First two episodes so far have been pretty good. I'm looking forward to the next one in the morning. Okay. Since you can stream now. I can actually watch it. You can actually <laughs> keep up, but you've got some other shows to keep up. Get I, do have, I do have a, a large catalog of stuff to watch. You will. I, under, I, I understand one day you will get caught up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, Mandalorian. Because <laughs> <laughs> Book of Fett's coming out later this month. Next month. Yeah. Whatever. It's the last day of November. I don't care. At the end of December, <laughs> we got Book of Fett coming. I'm looking forward to it. Um, At uh, least I learned that it's actually uh, Book of Fett. Book of, Book of Bubba Fett is going to be shorter. Bubba Fett? I said it wrong. <laughs> I've always that's called a redneck <laughs> Boba Fett is what I'm getting. That is Boba Fett with a pot belly. 
Which, considering when he... In, in my in defense, I've always called him Bubba Fett. <laughs> it's Boba Fett. Boba Fett. I'd be like... like for Boba T. Bo- Boba Fett. Not thing. Bubba Fett. Okay. I don't know why I've always called it that. I don't know why. Same reason you also called it Star Trek. <laughs> Probably. It's just how you heard it the one first time and you kept calling it that. Probably. Until somebody corrected you. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, either way... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, so, and other than that, the only thing I've been playing has been Spider-Man Miles Morales. Gotcha. On my PS5. It is an awesome game. Cool. Highly, it, especially this, it's good for this time of year because it's a Christmas game. Really? It takes place at Christmas in huh. New York City. Mm. And the uh, snow effects. Mm. You know how when we watch something in 3D and they do particle effects, it, 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 it's always iffy whether it works or not? Yeah. Works beautifully on this thing. Good. All the snow effects. It's not just like a snow filter where the snow is going all different ways. Mm-hmm. It actually looks like snow is falling in a, in a, especially in blizzard conditions. Okay. You can see the snow being twist in the wind and everything. It's awesome. Nice. And I swear they chose the uh, they they designed the uh, the tinkerer in the underground based on the fact that the system has ray tracing. Nice. Because they all are glowy neon people. Glowy neon people. They got a lot of glowy neon all over them, their uh, their bodies and such. Okay. Which is an interesting design. I don't know how well it worked on the PS4, but on the PS5, it's pretty. Oh, okay. Especially when you Venom Strike them in the face. Mm. Especially the big uh, bruisers. Okay. Punch them in the face with a giant lightning bolt. It's fun. Ow! That just hurts thinking about it. I'm not punching you in the face with a lightning bolt. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Okay. (laughs) Anyway. I've known some losers in my life, but I am no loser. (laughs) That's what I've been playing. All right. Uh, What do we got in the news? All right. So news-wise, Warner Brothers or Warner Bros. uh, dropped the first official trailer for what they're calling a furry feature outing of DC's Legend of Super Pets. Uh, starring produced. This is an interesting concept. Yes, it is. Uh, starring and produced by Dwayne Johnson, aka The Rock. Uh, of course, who's he's crypto? Yeah, he's the voice of crypto, the super dog. Uh, it's written by, written and directed by Jared Steiner, the for the Lego Batman movie. Um, small a, a small synopsis. Uh, the spot introduces the surprising herd of superpowered pets who step in to save the world when the justice league is put out of commission. Uh, this film will be released by Warner bros pictured in theaters internationally beginning May 18th, 2020, 2022 in North America on May 20th, 2022. All right. So there is a new movie coming to Netflix. Like there's always coming something to Netflix. Right. Um, coming from Silvergate Media, it is they were releasing Helda and the Mountain King, an epic 80 minute movie special which will launch exclusively on Netflix on December 30th. Uh, apparently, it's adapted by from a Luke Pearson's sixth graphic novel of the Hilda series, uh, and apparently, it's uh, finding Hilda, uh, 
stranded in troll country with a bot with, with the body of a troll. That's all the description I get of it. Okay. So I really, I've never heard of this. It sounds like an interesting synopsis in a way. So yeah, if you want to go check that out, you're more than welcome to, I might check it out myself. Uh, so that's all I have in the news. All right. Then we need to get into our spoiler free thoughts on, uh, a Charlie Brown Christmas. Yes. This was actually the first time I watched this thing all the way through. Really? Yeah, for whatever reason, I've never watched this before, except for bits and pieces, except for there may be a chance I saw it a long time ago when I was a kid once. Okay. Because I remember the thing about the aluminum Christmas trees. Yeah. But I don't think I ever, I think I may have came in in the middle of it. I don't think I watched it from the beginning until this viewing. Okay. Uh, this is an interesting, uh, little short that it is, if we're being honest. Um, I have some issues with it that I, I, there's some parts, but I don't think worked very well. But if you're wondering to know if you should go watch Charlie Brown Christmas and you've never watched a Charlie Brown Christmas before. I'm just going to tell you to go watch it because it's worth Indeed. it. Indeed. Um, there are some issues, which I'll get into later, but um, other than that, it's it's just a fun little 30-minute short, and I don't regret watching it. So Yeah. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Uh, kind of like Drew, like most people, uh, I have probably seen this movie periodically throughout the year, starting from a young lad. Until more recently, uh, I was able to watch it on uh, Apple T- uh, Apple Plus TV. Uh, there again, I was over at another person's house, Dog City, and mm-hmm. watching it on my iPad. And their internet kept. What well, I think it was the internet if something was the uh, the content was dropping. So I was. I, this is a 25, 25 minute episode, and it took me like forty forty nearly an hour to watch it. So that was fun. Right. But it's overall, it's a really, really great story. Um, it's kids being kids and kids are, you know, goofy and silly and just be like, can be incredibly cruel to each other. Like adults can, Mm -hmm. but it has a very nice, warm, uh, positive end. And it's an enjoyable little film. It's an enjoyable little short film. So there again, if you haven't watched it, go watch or if you haven't watched it entirely. Like most of us haven't, uh, go watch it. Uh, there again, you can watch it. You can stream it or, uh, you can watch it most places. Uh, you can purchase it most places or you can watch it on, uh, Amazon or Apple plus cause they, they exclusive rights to it right now. So yeah, what do you got to lose? Go watch it. 25 minutes. It's worth your time. Indeed. Uh, So join us on the other side of the break, and we will get to talking about this Mm -hmm. thing. Don't forget that you can download... Download? Don't forget that you can't... Don't forget... That you can listen to us record the podcast live every Tuesday over on our Facebook page, The Cellcast. 
our uh, Twitch channel, the Cellcast Gaming, and on YouTube at Cellcast. Also, don't forget to join our Patreon if you would like to support us monetarily. At $1, you'll get our everlasting thanks. At, at our $5 tier, you can get some artwork from Jacob. And at our $10 tier, you can get bloopers for every for, for every episode we've released that I've remembered to release them for. And you can get commentaries from different movies. So come check us out over there if you would like to support us financially. This podcast is part of the Culture Box Media Network. For more great content like this, please check out the link in the description. There you can find other great shows such as The Untold Podcast, which is a speculative fiction podcast utilizing the genres of sci-fi, fantasy, and horror, among others, in order to engage the culture's imagination from a Christian worldview. Every month, Nathan James Norman produces and narrates a new story presented in a unique and dynamic way. You can check out their podcast at untoldpodcast.com. Also, we are a part of Pop Americana, where you can enjoy other shows like Franchise Fatigue. Do you like movies? Of course you do. I bet you even like big movie franchises like Star Wars, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and Indiana Jones. And obviously, since you listen to us, you must like listening to movie reviews. But when... But what if I were to tell you there is a podcast that reviews film series one movie at a time? You like that? Well, then go check out the Franchise Fatigue podcast over on your favorite podcast catcher and listen to James and Gabe give an in-depth analysis and review on every movie in your favorite franchise. The following is a spoiler-filled review for the movie A Charlie Brown Christmas. Listener discretion is advised. A Charlie Brown Christmas was directed by, and was the voice of Snoopy was done by, Bill Melendez, mm-hmm. who also animated the, uh, or directed the animated The Lion, Witch, and Wardrobe movie. Okay. I didn't even know there was an animated one until I did the research for this. I've heard of it. And, of course, this was written by and based on the comic strip by Charles M. Schultz, mm-hmm. which, of course, the comic strip is Peanuts, which he hates the name because he couldn't th- they uh, forced him to use the name. Mm-hmm. Getting into the cast, Peter Robbins was the voice of Charlie Brown. And in the bum- the Blondie TV series, you know, based on the Blondie comic strip, yeah. that's got a Bumstead in it. Okay. He played Alexander Bumstead, the son. Really? Yeah. Hmm. And uh, for the most part, every... Well, we'll get into it. Uh, Anne Altieri was Mm -hmm. the voice of Frida. And in You're in Love, Charlie Brown, she was the voice of Violet. By the way, there's going to be a lot of Charlie Brown stuff. A lot in this because not imagine. a lot of people were in a lot of were in other things. It's it's all interconnected apparently. Yeah, Chris Duran was Schroeder and Shermie, and he played these in A Boy Named Charlie Brown, which was a documentary. Mm. Uh, Sally Dreyer was the voice of Violet, and she played Patty in A Boy Named Charlie Brown. Uh, Bill Melendez, who I mentioned earlier, was Snoopy. Uh, he also was the voice of Woodstock in Snoopy the Musical. Snoopy the Musical. Yeah. Okay, that's going to be interesting. <laughs> Karen Mendelson was the voice of Patty, and she was Lucy Van Pelt in A Boy Named Charlie Brown. Mm. 
Jeffrey Ornstein was Pigpen, and he played himself in You Don't Look 40, Charlie Brown, which was a do- another documentary huh. based on the specials. Uh, Christopher Shea was the voice of Linus Van Pelt, and uh, he played Billy Owens in something called The Boy Who Stole the Elephant. Boy who stole the elephant. Apparently, this also showed up on a uh, uh, what do they call that? The Wonderful World of Disney. Yeah, it came out around the same time, but it was made separate from that, and then they showed it on that. Kathy Steinberg was the voice of Sally Brown, and she did that same role in "It's the Great Pumpkin," Charlie Brown. Okay. And Tracy Stratford was the voice of Lucy Van Pelt. And she was the little girl in The Adventures of Ozzie and Harriet. Really? I had a hard time finding stuff. On okay. The 80s, if you can't tell. So it should come of no surprise that there are absolutely no Kingdom Hearts connections. Shock. Mm, absolutely. I thought at least Ben Mendelsohn, uh, Mendelsohn would have had something. Yeah. Oh, well. Uh, what do we got in info and stuff on this? All right. Info and stuff. Uh, it's available to watch uh, if you're just wanting to just go and watch it. It's available on Apple Plus, where that the, the uh, Apple currently has the distributing rights to all of the Charlie Brown uh, franchise. Uh, other than that, you can watch it on uh, Amazon. You can watch it or at least uh, stream it there. You can yeah. stream it there, or you can go pick up the uh, the Blu-ray. And go watch it from the there. DVD, that was all I oh, found. But oh, it's a DVD. Never mind. I'm pretty sure it's on Blu-ray. I'm somewhere. sure there is a Blu-ray. It wasn't at Walmart. Ah, so yeah, you can you can you go pick up any other format or whatever. Sorry, I should say the store that shall not be named. Eh. Voldemort. Yeah. yeah, Voldemort. There we go. Yeah, the Voldemort store. All right, so uh, it has a score on IMDb of an 8.4 out of 10. It was produ- production was by Lee Nanderlson mm-hmm. uh, Films. It was distributed. Obviously, it was never distributed. Um, it was. Uh, it aired on CBS. Yeah, it aired on CBS originally. Now let me just check something. And it's now the the home video is Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers. It's on Warner Brothers. So to distribute is on Warner <laughs> Brothers. So um, it started off on CBS and then mm, it went to ABC. ABC. Then and it now went, it's on Apple. Yeah, it's, it was on AB. It was on ABC, and then it was went over to Apple. Yeah. All right. So I'll get into that in just a minute. All right. So um, sorry, I jumped ahead. No, you're good, bro. You're good. Uh, it premiered on CBS. It was released on December 9th, nineteen sixty nine, at seven p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, uh, they thought it would be a flop. Apparently. Uh, apparently I was per, um, before the monster monsters, apparently, the mo- apparently, uh, it had an estimated 15.4 million people, uh, watch it. And it came, it came in second in the ratings behind Bonanza on, on NBC. Mm-hmm. Uh, the special was originally, uh, broadcast on CBS in 65 and re, uh, rerun, uh, every year from 66 until 2000. Uh, beginning with the Christmas holidays of 2001, ABC held the rights for the special. And on December 6, 2001, a half-hour documentary, uh, which the special was titled The Making of Charlie Brown's 
Christmas, hosted by Whoopi Goldberg, aired on ABC. The show's 40th uh, anniversary broadcast was aired December 6, 2005, having the highest rating, having had no, having its the highest rating in its time slot. The 50th anniversary was uh, aired December 30th, 2015, featuring a full two-hour time slot uh, with padded by the special. It's it's your 50th Christmas, Charlie Brown, which was hosted by Kristen Bell on October, October 2020. Uh, Apple TV Plus acquired uh, exclusive rights for all uh, Peanuts-related media under the terms of agreement. It, Apple, TV, Apple TV Plus made... A Charlie Brown Christmas and two other holiday specials. Uh, it's it's a great it's the Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown and a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving available for free from the platform during a three day window. The window for a Charlie Brown Christmas was December eleventh through the thirteenth of two thousand twenty. Subscribers to Apple TV Plus have a Broader window to watch the special. All right, going to home release. In 1984, the special was released on VHS and Betamax by Media Home Entertainment, along with uh, You're Not Elected, Charlie Brown. In 1987, the special was released on VHS uh, by High Top Video. In 1991, the special was released for a limited time on VHS through Shell Oil for sale at their gas stations. Really? Yeah. I remember something like that going to the station. It's like, wait a minute, that movie's here. That's weird. Uh, so moving forward, on September 28th, 1994, the special was released by Paramount on VHS. A Laserdisc was released by Paramount, distributed by Pioneer in 1996. Two, the second side contained the 1979 special, You're the Greatest Charlie Brown. In September 2020, it was released on DVD. Bonus feature included the 1992 special, It's, Chris, it's Christmas Time Again, Charlie Brown. On September 23rd, 2000, 2008, Warner Home Video, which held the rights for the Peanuts, uh, the Peanuts special, uh, reverted earlier that year, uh, released the remastered DVD bonus, which included the restored version of Christmas Time Again and a new documentary titled A Christmas Miracle and Making of Charlie, The Making of a Charlie Brown Christmas. On October 6, 2009, it was released on high-definition Blu-ray disc by Warner in remastered Dolby 5.1 surround sound. This is also contained. It's Christmas time again. Char- Christmas time. It's Christmas time again. A Christmas miracle. A DVD. A DVD of the special and a digital copy. A. Uh, let's see. It was available for. At the, it's still available uh, through iTunes, uh, PlayStation Network, Amazon, Google. Uh, you available to you can you can watch those through those uh, providers. Uh, on December 
in December 2014, the 50th anniversary two-disc uh, two DVD set was released. It also featured the special It's Christmas Time Again, Charlie Brown, and the making of the documentary from the previous editions. In two, in October, on October 31st, 2017, it was released on 4K UHD Blu-ray disc containing its Christmas time again, Charlie Brown and the making of special. So that is all I have on info and stuff. You missed one little thing. What did I miss? Who was one of the producers for this? What company that has been scrubbed, their involvement has been scrubbed from the film due to uh, FCC regulations that came after this film was made. A certain company. Coca-Cola. Yeah, in fact, uh, there's actually many cut scenes in here because they had to cut the Coca-Cola stuff out. That makes sense now. Because the FCC changes require them not to have such blatant sponsorship. Really? That makes sense for 1970s. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think some of that's been rescinded because some product placement is horrendous nowadays. That is true. Have you a seen a lot worse than what this was would have done? That is true. Have you seen most Michael Bay films? But yeah, they actually uh, like th- this would not have happened had Coca Cola not contacted King Feature Syndicate to produce a sh- uh, a Christmas special. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Now that makes sense for one scene that that kind of bugged me a little bit, and, and of, I'll get and into one that. of the editing pieces in here is because of that too. Ah, okay. So we'll get to that in gotcha, just gotcha. a minute. Gotcha. In the meantime, let's get into the summary for this. Mm-hmm. On their way to join their friends ice skating on a frozen pond, Charlie Brown confides in Linus that despite the Christmas season, he is still depressed. After Linus's reproach and a put down from Violet, he visits Luke, Lucy's psychiat- psychiatric booth and tells <laughs> her his problem. He suggests She suggests that he direct the group's annual Christmas play to get him involved, and he accepts. Charlie Brown becomes even more discouraged by his observation of Christmas's commercialization as he heads for the rehearsal. Lucy laments over not receiving real estate for Christmas. Snoopy redecorates his doghouse for a neighborhood lights and display contest. And Charlie Brown's younger sister, Sally, asks him to write a greedy letter to Santa Claus. At the rehearsal, Charlie Brown finds a play fit for the 1960s with dancing, lively music, and an uncooperative cast, and a Christmas queen, which is played by Lucy. Of course. Sensing the play needs a more proper mood, Charlie Brown recommends a Christmas tree. Lucy suggests a big pink aluminum tree and sends him and Linus to get one. At the tree lot, Charlie Brown picks the only real tree there, a small sapling. Linus questions his choice, but Charlie Brown believes that once decorated, it will be perfect. When they return, however, Lucy and the others scorn him and the tree and walk away laughing. Crestfallen... Charlie Brown loudly asks if anyone knows what Christmas is all about. Linus says he does, walks to center stage, asks for a spotlight, and recites the Annunciation of the Shepherds. Hmm. Returns and says, that's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Realizing that he doesn't have to let commercialism ruin his own Christmas, Charlie Brown takes the tree home to decorate it and show the others that it will work in the play. He stops at Snoopy's doghouse, which has won the lights and display contest, and hangs a large red Christmas ball on on the tree. The ornament's weight causes the tiny tree to bend to the ground. Believing he was has killed the tree, 
Charlie Brown dejectedly walks away. The others realize that they were too hard on Charlie Brown and quietly follow him. Linus gently uprights the drooping tree and wraps his own blanket around the base to give it some needed love. After the other, others give the tree a, a makeover, using more decorations from the doghouse, even Lucy concedes to Charlie Brown's choice. The kids then start humming Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Hearing them, Charlie Brown returns to see that the sapling is now a magnificent Christmas tree. All the kids shout, Merry Christmas, Charlie Brown, and then sing Hark the Herald Angels Sing, with Charlie Brown joining in as the snow begins to fall. Hmm. Getting into the trivia for this, Kathy Steinberg, who did the voice of Sally Brown, had not yet learned to read at the time of production. Really? So she had to be fed her lines, often a word or syllable at a time, which explains the rather choppy delivery mm -hmm. of the line, all I want is what I have coming to me. All I want is my fair share. This broke many of the rules prevalent for animated holiday specials during the 1960s. It didn't make use of a laugh track. Real tr children were used for the character voices instead of adult actors imitating children's voices. And biblical references were used to illustrate the true meaning of Christmas. Mm -hmm. When viewing the rough cut of the show, both Bill Melendez and Lee Mendelson were convinced that they had a flop on their hands. After it premiered, they were happily surprised and shocked at the high ratings and excellent reviews that the show received. Today, the show remains the second long, longest-running Christmas special on U.S. network television, right behind Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, mm -hmm. which premiered one year earlier and is still broadcast every year on the U.S. network television. This is the first animated Peanuts special. When they first saw the show, CBS executives were horrified at the idea of an animated Christmas special with such a blatant message. They also strongly objected to the fact that the show had no canned laughter. In addition, they greeted Vince Guaraldi's jazz score as an intrusion in the special that audiences would never expect. Except, however, when CBS learned to their astonishment of the special's spectacular ratings, earned on its initial broadcast and the glowing reviews for it, the network promptly con contracted the producers for more specials. Just before her remarks about Christmas being a big commercial racket, Lucy refers to Charlie Brown simply as Charlie. This is the only time she does this in any of the TV specials. A version with a laugh track was produced, but later discarded after the success of the broadcast version. The original broadcast included some brief animated sections, which included the logo for Coca-Cola, the show's original sponsor. These have been edited out of subsequent broadcasts, in the video release. Right after the opening title, Linus crashed into a sign advertising Coca-Cola after being tossed by Snoopy. The closing carol originally included the complete verse instead of fading out with a final on-screen Merry Christmas from your local bottler of Coca-Cola right after the Universal Feature Syndicate credit at the end. Mm. Production ended 10 days before it premiered. 10 days before. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's, that's a short. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Snoopy's doghouse is blue in the special following this. It would be red. Mm. None of the children who voiced the characters received credit at the end of the, of the short. That's a shame. Bill Melendez tried to talk Charles M. Schultz out of using biblical references 
especially Linus' Linus's speech in the special. Mm. Schultz reportedly won him over by saying, if we don't do it, who will? As it turned out, Linus's recitation was hailed as one of the most powerful moments in the highly acclaimed special. Mm-hmm. In the comic strip, one of the reoccurring early theme was Linus's fear of reciting this biblical passage in the Christmas pageant. Last but not least, when a Charlie Brown Christmas won an Emmy for Outstanding Children's Program in 1966, only Lee Mendelson and Bill Melendez were called to accept the award, but they made sure that Charles Schultz was with them t- to give the acceptance speech. Schultz's speech simply went, Charlie Brown's not used to winning, so we thank you. Wow. And that brings us to the end of the trivia. Wow. What is your first like? My first like is actually a scene. Okay, so it's during the um, practice of the play. Mm-hmm. So Lucy is passing. She's the uh, the script girl. She's passing around and stuff. Yeah. And then she passes the to who else but Snoopy. Yes. And then uh, obviously Lucy gets and mad. Has, and he has to play every animal in the play. Yeah, exactly. And what does Snoopy do? He mocks her. Snoopy. Mm-hmm. I, did I call him Snoopy Doo? I did call him Snoopy Doo. Snoopy Doo. Apparently, I called him Snoopy Doo. But Snoopy, not Snoopy Doo. Not beer with shit with a uh, uh, Scooby Doo, but Snoopy. <laughs> Snoopy, Snoopy, do where are you? And it's on his doghouse, playing, uh, pretending he's a red baron. The red baron. <laughs> so, uh, so in that scene, uh, uh, Lucy is getting on to everybody about stuff, and they're Snoopy mimicking her, mocking her the yeah. entire time. I'm like, go Snoopy. <laughs> Because that's, I mean, like, that's Snoopy. I mean, like, Snoopy's the sarcastic, mm-hmm. uh, smart aleck little dog. And just be like, is just hamming every scene he has up. And just more, more general, like Snoopy in general, whatever yeah. scene he's in, he's hamming it up. Even though he, like, he's just, but what's, bah, what's you know interesting that. thing, though, about this Snoopy is this is the old design. Yeah, this is the very old design. This is not the modern design we're used to. Mm hmm. I just thought that was interesting. I did too. I thought it was very, very, very unique that like the, the Snoopy that there again, we reviewed the peanuts movie. And so we get this more modern interpretation of Snoopy. Yeah. And this is the original version of the classic, uh, TV special Snoopy. What's, what's weird though, is that we've got the modern look of that, all the human characters. Yeah. Because if you go back and look at like the original, Comic strips, like from the first year, yeah, they look entirely different from what we're used to seeing. Oh yeah, Snoopy's the only one that still is using his original design in this. Yeah, that'd be like yeah. If you look at most like most uh, like web comics or uh, yeah, funny don't... papers, be like the character designs do change over time. Yeah. Definitely with something like Peanuts and uh, Charles Schultz, Charles Schultz. I'm saying that right. Yeah. yeah, his design changed a little bit, except for Snoopy. It took him a lot longer to change Snoopy's look. Yeah. But he does eventually. He does eventually change it, but you know, that's that's art for it. It, yeah. it has he, he it still, progresses over time. He actually still looks like a beagle in this. Yeah. Instead of whatever overly stylized thing Snoopy becomes later on. Yeah, he does look like a beagle. Uh so yeah, that is probably my favorite scene is literally Snoopy mocking Lucy for Lucy. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought it was hilarious. And there again, Snoopy throughout this entire film steals every scene he's in because he's Snoopy. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's my first. What's yours? I'm not surprised Snoopy is your first like. Oh, who knows? Who would have thought? 
So I like the biblical message in this. Oh, I, I agreed. Because, and they say this was a a risk in 1960s to do this. Yeah, that's saying something. Good night. You couldn't even get away with it now. No, they would think. But the fact that they go through and they actually read a fairly long passage. Yeah. Of the the book of Luke chapter mm-hmm. two. Yeah. It's like. And and that's like okay, you want to know what the true meaning of Christmas is? Exactly, it's God, it's Jesus. He's the reason. Exactly, and you actually have the guts uh-huh. to sh- talk about that on television, Vision. on the same sort of television that has been replayed year after year after year. To it has not skipped a year. Yeah, it has been broadcast either on CBS, ABC. PBS, since, since Apple has the rights to it, mm-hmm. but at least they are putting it out on PBS. Yeah. Um, they're getting, every year, at least somebody is hearing what Christmas is all about, and what they're hearing is it's Jesus Christ. Exactly. Which is what Christmas is all about. Exactly. So I love that we actually have that here. Yeah. Um, out, in fact, this is probably the only Christmas special I can think of. Or the only Christmas thing I can think of that is not a retelling of the nativity yeah, in some form or fashion that actually has a Christian message. Agreed. Because this is very much a standard Christmas uh, special. It's very secular except for this one moment. Oh, yeah. And it's it, like, thank you. You actually did the cool thing and, and actually said... Yeah, all the stuff that we have surrounding Christmas, that's all fluff. Mm-hmm. Jesus is the reason why we have Christmas. Exactly. And if y'all don't like that, I don't care. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Amen. So, yeah, I like that we actually have... This, that. I don't know how, how much of a Christian Charles Schultz was. Yeah, apparently he was very, he was very he devoted. His, I, I appreciate that he put his foot down for this. Yeah. And if nothing else... What because he did that, at least people will passively hear the uh, the gospel essentially mm-hmm. anytime they watch this. Exactly, and I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, so leading from that, originally this was going to be my third, so I'm putting back. I'm putting in the th- second. Uh, it's actually um, Charlie's uh, just trying to discover what. Christmas is because he's mm-hmm. always sad and depressed about things. So he doesn't know what the meaning of Christmas is. He's supposed to be happy and joyful about yeah. things, but, but he feels he, he feels suppressed. Charlie Brown. Brown, of course. But then you lead of into all the Charlie Browns Brown. in the world. He's the Charlie, Charlie Brown. He's the Charlie Browniest. So you have Linus, right? Yeah. Linus, Linus. The one, Linus is the one who does the, uh, the, the read from Luke. And that was, <laughs> in fact, uh, I watched the making of thing. Hmm. Only the voices for Charlie Brown and Linus were had had any uh, voice work before this. Really? Yeah. Interesting. So they were the only ones who actually knew how to act. Hmm. That makes sense. The rest were just kids. Yeah. Just reading lines. <laughs> and then having fun. Exactly. Yeah. That's what's what you do when you're you're a kid. You have fun. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the the Linus is reading from the book of Luke, and the whole reason behind Christmas is the 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 birth of Jesus. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, now there's a lot of detractors out there. It's, they'd be like, well, Jesus wasn't born a major. They couldn't have happened. Well, this stuff did happen. They've scientifically proven it. So go look that information up yourself. If you, if you don't want to believe the biblical, the biblical telling of the birth of Jesus, go look up the historical data. It backs it up, which that's something I love being a history nerd and yeah. being a devoted Christian, you get those two, they smack together. And um, it's just more be like the, the idea that it's like, yes, Christianity did take a lot of things from uh, other cultures as they uh, exhort them into the Christian faith. But at the core of its story is Jesus' birth, mm-hmm. his miraculous birth in a manger to a virgin to come and save the world. Not, not as a conquering hero, but as a shepherd who laid mm-hmm. down his life for his friends, meaning us are yes. all. So, uh, I really enjoyed that. They actually, uh, Schultz took the, took the guts, took, took the chance to like, I'm, I'm not trying to repeat what Drew said, but you know, took the opportunity to share the gospel, even though it's a, it's a very small, minute telling and, only it's a part of the gospel. It's it's only honest. it's only a small part of it, and um, it's I mean like it's it's it was so amazing to see that definitely for the first time in like years probably since I was a kid watching this and like really understanding what kind of impact that takes definitely with a a national audience and in some cases a world audience where some people have never heard the name of Jesus mm-hmm. they're like oh who is this Jesus person. That was born, you know, that was born in a major. Now, was Jesus born in December? We don't know that. This was more exhorted from... More likely not. Most likely not. It's exhorted from different cultures. Anyway. Yeah, either way. There again, history nerd. I nerd out about this stuff. Yeah, I, that's why I'm trying to get you back on track. <laughs> yeah, thank you. So, yes, that scene was very, very moving, very powerful. And, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And it, it was very much a a uh, the reason for not it sounds cheesy but it's a reason for the season mm-hmm. and it's the birth of Christ Indeed. that's why we celebrate it so that's my number 2 my second like is an it's an effective use of simple animation okay this is not an expensive cartoon no it's in not in any way shape or form no i mean the hardest part you have here is the fact that it was, I think, only the second time they had ever tried to animate the Peanuts characters. The time before that being a uh, car commercial. Really? That was in black and white. Hmm. Um, so there are, there are interesting things like uh, that little tuft of hair on Charlie Brown's head. Yeah. When he's facing the camera, it's in one location, but when he's facing the side it's kind of just like sticking up yeah and not connected in any way shape or form <laughs> to where it is on the front of his face yeah he's facing the camera so they had to figure out a way to animate that mm-hmm. which i thought was interesting but i mean the the fact that i mean it is using the cartoon line art as a as it's for its character models mm-hmm. which i appreciate that's hard this is and this is not a, a very simple look in reality. No, it's not. It's very uh, sketchy. The mm-hmm. way it's designed. And to actually have it animate correctly to yeah. a point where it doesn't feel 
awkward most of the time. Right. <laughs> there are some instances where it's like, oh yeah, this was cheap animation. Yeah. But the fact that on this on that cheap scale they were able to produce this very nice simple looking to most people mm-hmm. uh well cartoon on obviously a shoestring budget mm-hmm. uh i'm i'm amazed that it came out as good as it did to be honest and uh agreed they used their and all the animation effectively i mean there's pr- only about i think seven backgrounds from this whole thing yeah they uh, reused the uh, animation of Linus and Charlie Brown from the beginning of the movie when they're going to the uh, the Christmas tree farm, the aluminum Christmas tree farm. Gotcha. Which, by the way, I didn't know aluminum Christmas tree farms, uh, aluminum Christmas trees were a thing when until I watched this. Apparently, aluminum Christmas trees went out of favor two years after this movie came out. I wonder if they had an, if this movie had an effect on them. Maybe. <laughs> you never know. It could have. I don't know. But um, they're gone now. Now our <laughs> fake trees are made out of plastic and vinyl, yeah. like the one behind me. Right. Um, there, there's nothing really complex that they animate here. Even having the... Uh, uh, and of course, you got the, the the old traditional three uh, three frame loop dancing mm-hmm. that they repeat on end throughout this thing. Agreed. They look for reasons for, to have them do the dancing. Oh yeah. And half the time, the dancing doesn't even make sense why they're dancing. Yeah. Or why they're playing music right now because they're supposed to be act rehearsing a play. Mm-hmm. But uh, I love the animation in that. Yeah. Because ev- every character has their own animation. It, it's not well, like except, every two or three characters have the exact same animation. Well, the, the two characters who are, I mean, I'm assuming they're twins, but they're both the girls in the purple shirt. Mm-hmm. They do. They have the same dance. Okay. That makes sense. But they also have the same character design. So yeah. who am I to complain? That is true. Um, but yeah, the simple animation, this is used effectively to the point where, yeah, it's a little, it looks a little crusty sometimes, mm-hmm. but for the most part, it's, it's harmless in its in its crustiness. Yeah, and you kind of just don't care after a while. So like, okay, yeah, this is it. This is it's cheap, sure, but it works. And it indeed, works. why it doesn't need to be more complex than this. Indeed. In fact, uh, I watched a little the the, the spe- my special came with that. It's Christmas time again, Charlie Brown. Yeah, which is made like in the nineties, I think. Mm-hmm. And I watched a little bit of it. I didn't get a chance to finish it, mm-hmm. but it's almost too smooth. Almost too smooth. It's almost too good mm. compared to this. I got you. That's but that's just my opinion. Um, but yeah, the effective use of simple animation is I got number you. two. What's your third like? All right. So before I get into my third like, my third like in this film, I know we just mentioned uh, that Linus does script uh, quote scripture in this movie. So yes, I just wanted to King James version. from the King James version. Well, I'm not using King James version because I'm using the ESV version. So I'd like to read that to you right now. All right. So going to Luke two, starting at eight in the same region, there was shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over the fold by night and an angel of the Lord appeared to them 
and the glory of the Lord shone upon him. Them. There again, it's more than one angel. And they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring good news of, the, of great joy that will be all to all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, a, save, is, uh, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling, swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was there was an angel of multitude, and the heavens of and the heaven and the heavenly host praised the Lord and started singing, "Glories, glories to the Lord in the highest, and on the and on earth peace among those with whom He is pleased." Just that that the kind of give people who maybe don't know what we're talking about. That's what it's referring to. Okay. All right. So going into my number, th- my third like. So going back to Drew's third like, it's in the same second, vein. Second or one. First. I don't know which one you're referring to because I haven't said my third. Well, you're, uh, you're third. You're third like. I haven't said my third like yet. Second like. That's okay. what I meant to say. Your second like. <laughs> Heesh. His second like revolved around the animation. So there again, it is simple animation. It's on a shoestring shoe budget. Mm-hmm. The scene that gets me there again, going back to the play rehearsal, where I don't remember exactly what's going on. I think it's um, Lucy is arguing with somebody, be like, "Hey, I'm going to give you five reasons," and yeah. she does this number. Yeah. Balls of her fist for five. five. Those are good reasons. Those are good reasons. And just that simple animation of having the entire hand fold into a fist. Yeah. Like that is incredible for a movie that's done there again on a shoestring budget. I thought that was incredible. They did that. Now, granted, it's kind of, it's funny. It's a funny little scene, but from a animation standpoint, nowadays it would be like, okay, let's, you know, like not even, not even see the fold. It's more like, okay, yeah. here's a blur. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, exactly. Just like, that's not as fun. No, it's as not. It's one, two, two three, three, four, five. five. Those are good reasons. <laughs> Very good reasons. So yeah, that's my third. That's my third reason. What is yours, Drew? My third like for this is the sad little Christmas tree. Oh, yeah. And what it represents. Okay. Because you think about it. That poor thing. It was the only real tree standing amongst a field of of metal perfect aluminum Christmas trees. Yes. And yet, by the time we get to the end of the film, Mm -hmm. it outshines all those fake trees. Agreed. But just a little bit of, you know, love and care. And, mm-hmm. You know, nothing of its own, really. It was because of, uh, it, it was because of what was built in, uh, put into it. Yeah. And that is so much of life, it feels like to me. Agreed. Because, you know, we're, uh, we're Christians. Yeah. 
by ourselves, we are that sad little tree. Agreed. I completely agree. Three twigs and a bunch of t- bunch of uh, uh, what do you call those things on pine trees? The sprigs. Uh, they're not called leaves, but they, no. they do that purpose. Yeah, I know what you're talking you know what about. What I'm talking about. Yes. Um. All those keep falling off. That is us. Yeah. In a nutshell. Pretty much by ourselves. Yeah. By ourselves. But when we are clothed in God's righteousness, mm-hmm. we become, we look so much better than all the cheap, exactly uh, fake imitation imitations ones that we're around mm-hmm. day in and day out. And I like just that visual image of, of that. I appreciate it so much. And, and it's when Charlie Brown screws it up that it looks the worst. Yeah. Agreed. Cause he puts, try, he, he, with the best of intentions. Yeah. He puts that ball on the top of the tree and it falls over and he thinks he's killed it. <laughs> so when we, when through our best of intentions, we tend to screw it up, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I may be reading too much into this one little moment. I don't know, <laughs> but, uh, I don't know. That's, that, that just struck me like that. So yeah. yeah. Good observation. I love the, I love the dinky little Christmas tree. Yeah. It's it's also with kind of going back to that that same idea that the idea that we by ourselves are are uh, this you know weak little self but without the intervention of Christ and the Holy Spirit uh, through His death and resurrection uh, we are made anew made anew in Christ so and the idea that uh, once we were weak and lost and now we have we are filled with the Holy Spirit we are revived we renewed but at the same time the idea of like all of charlie brown's friends who in the last scene mocked him were mocking yeah. him the entire time so they come together and build this tree up to its um build the tree up like mm-hmm. the body of christ is to do is to build each other up and encourage each other in our faith yeah and to you know keep us on the the the, the path of righteousness and um and Often that is great to have someone be like, like, like me and Drew. It's more like sometimes it's more we like we have our bad days and it's like you build each other up. Mm-hmm. You'd be like, it's sometimes it, we want to strangle each other. Exactly, because <laughs> you have that when you've been doing this for nearly four. You didn't know like almost four years. <laughs> so, and the the exact same time, it's when you are down. Your head, you know, the world is beating you over the head. Mm-hmm. It's great to talk to another brother or sister in Christ yeah. about it. And they can encourage you with scripture or pray over you on things. And, uh, just, you know, let's, you know, Hey, it's be like, Hey, the, the world is, the world's going to hate you just as Christ said he would because mm-hmm. it first hated me. So it's, it's very encouraging when the, the body of Christ comes and builds another up when they're, when they're down and having problems. And, um, it's 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 good, it's good. Agree. Yeah. We'll move that to the front. <laughs> I am so sorry that just slipped my mind until just this minute. Whoops. So yeah. Uh, this is uh, where did my thing go? He says we need to take the whole segment and do it up for <laughs> devotion. Okay. I don't know if I want to do that this month. I'm sorry. We are busy this month. Yeah, we are busy with this month. But yeah, that'd be that'd be amazing to do. Uh, now I gotta find all my things again because I 
because it closed. Uh, okay. Find all the stuff. There, it's all back up. All right, so you ready to jump into dislikes? Sure. All right. Hit this one more time. So, Jacob, what is your first dislike? What is my first dislike? Uh, so you solved a little bit of my dilemma very early on your uh, your trivia. So mine was the disappearing re- misshaped coin can at Lucy's psychiatric booth for her nick for her nickel. For her, uh, her lovely nickel, the sound of nickels. She, she loves the sound of nickels. Nickel, nickel, nickel. Nickels. Thinking, I'm feeling nickel and dime just watching <laughs> <Yes>. this. <laughs> so for me, I'm watching this like, why in the world is that can, the can keeps changing shapes and sometimes it disappears? I'm like, why does it look like it's at a, sh- it's like, it's not matching any of the color from the, the surrounding the, the original animation it's like it was edited. And I'm like, and then Drew popped in and said, you know, before, during his trivia, that originally Coca-Cola was a sponsor for this. Mm-hmm. So I'm only assuming. They did not have that on the can. They didn't have it on the can? No, none of the, the, the two cans that we see in this being uh, her nickel can and then the can that Linus knocks off the fence with the snowball he launches out of his blanket. That was a cool scene, though. And that scene has, had been cut for a long time for time purposes and was only recently added back in. Really? And to the point where people thought it may it must have had a Coca, must have been a Coca-Cola can. Yeah. But yeah, it's not it you can see it's a tomato can. Oh, okay. This. I can't tell what a Lucy's can was originally, but Yeah. Uh it's not a Coca-Cola can. Okay. Cuz the only two locations where the Coca-Cola logo was seen. Yeah. Was when Linus hit the sign at the beginning that got cut out. Okay. And then the message at the very end after the King Feature Syndicate credit. Okay. So now that that's been debunked, that entire scene drove me nuts. We're like, yeah, it was great that Lucy is uh, counseling Charlie over his problem. But the entire time I'm watching this little can, which like one, it changes shapes every freaking change. Like every time there's a different shift in the, every time the camera changes, every time the camera changes, either it's small, it's round. It looks like a can. Then it looks just like a square. And then it completely disappears. I'm like, what in the world is going on here? Cause what there again, I was convinced after you said that that had to be a Coca-Cola can. They had to go back and re-edit out, nope. but apparently not. It just looked very weird against, it looked like it be like the color was so, it was so standoff from the background. It just, it threw me for a loop. Nope. That was one of the downsides of the shoestring budget. Yeah. That's what one, I thought. One bit of continuity they couldn't keep up with. Right. In fact, to my knowledge, with the exception of remastering of the, of the short, mm-hmm. this has had no edits to it whatsoever. Wow. And taking out the Coca-Cola stuff. Yeah. Which was all done before digital, I should say. Mm. Yeah. Oh, fun. So yeah, that is my number one. Dislike. What is yours? My first dislike is it feels like I'm watching an actual Christmas children's Christmas pageant watching this thing. Okay. Part of that is because of the, the children being actual children, mm-hmm. voicing the actual characters. But so much of this feels like 
we we go one direction, and then it goes. Oh, and we're going over here. We're supposed to be. This whole thing is based around a play, right? Yeah. Ninety percent of the time, the only bit, the only time we see them doing anything with the play, is we see when when Lucy's handing out the uh, assignments, mm-hmm. and we get, uh, and and each one gets you know a, a part a, a part, and they get one little reference to whatever it is. Mm-hmm. The only other thing we get is when the innkeeper and his wife, played by Violet and Pigpen, mm-hmm. I think it's Violet. I could be wrong on which who the red-haired girl in this, because it's not the little red-haired girl. Oh, okay. It's somebody else. But um, the one who likes her naturally curly red hair mm. that she kept bringing up over and over. Yeah. Um, that's the only other part of this play mm-hmm. that we actually see. The rest of the time, it's like, well, what, 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 uh, let's get ready to rehearse. And now we're dancing to Lucy and Linus again. That's the name of the song. Mm. The big, the normal Peanuts song. Oh, okay. You know, the, oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. The name of that song is Lucy and Linus. Oh, okay. I don't know why it's called Lucy and Linus, because I don't think it ever plays when it's just Lucy and Linus on screen. Mm. But that's the name of the song. Okay. But um, every time they do that, and they go to the dancing, and I'm sitting there going, uh, aren't y'all supposed to be rehearsing? For whatever this play is, yeah, we don't see a play in this. We just no. see, as far as we know, the play is just these kids randomly getting up on stage and dancing. One scene that happens to have an innkeeper and his wife, and Linus just suddenly belting out uh, that chapter from Luke. Yeah. As far as I know, that's what the play is. That's not a play. No, it's not. That's not even a good children's program. <laughs> Agreed. I've seen better children's programs than what they tried to show here. And Lucy, and they all act like it's no big deal. Because Lucy says, isn't this a wonderful play, Charlie Brown, with all this music and me uh, snapping along with the music? It's like, there's no play. There is no, <laughs> no play, play here. I, well, that, that's what happens when you have children who are putting a play on by themselves. Obviously. There, there's no adults, like, wrangling them. As far and, as I can tell, there was no script for no. them to rereading. They handed out a script. It must have just been... Uh, piece of paper that says okay when we say when we point at you you go on stage and you dance because that's about Apparently. all they did well it was 60s I guess. Say that. i know I'm, I'm reading too much into this but it's like i wish the plot was a little more consistent right because they say it's about this one thing and we have to take their word for it yeah because we don't see that thing agreed and the whole and yeah you do get about charlie complaining about the commercialism mm-hmm. throughout which is you know the main the main thing about this, mm-hmm. but I don't, we don't see much actual commercialism for him to rail, rail, rail against. Mm. Uh, we get the only real commercialism I really saw anything I would actually call commercialism. Yeah. Is his sister, Sally asking Santa Claus for cash. <laughs> yeah. That's what that's, the, um... that's very much, uh, very materialistic. Yeah. Agreed. The only other, the other thing they point out is uh, Snoopy with his uh, lighting and decoration contest that he entered, and he might win money. Yeah. What if Snoopy just wanted to decorate his doghouse, enter the contest for fun, and if he won something, woohoo! Yeah. I mean, and this is so when Snoopy doesn't have much of a motivation other than he just likes to have fun. Yeah. In his in the era of of this stuff. 
I don't think Snoopy cared if he won or not. He just wanted to decorate his doghouse. Yeah, and also the fact so that's that, not very commercialism to me. And also be like, there's like, oh, they they mentioned that Snoopy was in a contest, but we don't see any other of contests going we, we on. As far as we know, he won by default. Yeah, he was the only one being who, honest. Yeah, and his and his decorations gets t- t- uh, taken gets, down that night to decorate this little rinky dink tree. Yeah, so. Ah, what you say it's about commercialism. There's not much here. No, there's not. You're just supposed to assume, Oh, it's sixties commercialism. The worst, the worst thing you see is someone is selling Christmas trees. Yeah. Aluminum Christmas trees. But Hey, that's a, that was a thing at the time. Apparently. I don't know who would sell fake Christmas trees outside. Like they're real Christmas trees, but that may have been a thing. Maybe you didn't want to have, I don't know what if the, you actually could set up or take down the aluminum Christmas trees like you can these uh, plastic and vinyl ones we got now. Yeah, because I never dealt with an aluminum Christmas tree. Me either. So I don't see much commercialism for Charlie Brown to be mad at. Right. Other than oh, someone forgot to send him a Christmas card. Actually, everyone didn't send him a Christmas, Christmas card. card. Guess what, Charlie Brown. That's not because they hate you. It's because you're Charlie Brown. Brown. And that's the shtick of this <laughs> pretty, show. Pretty much. And he winds up blaming. He he talks to one girl, and that's it about it. Yeah. He, he doesn't really go around and tell everybody. There again, it's a short. I get it. But it's more like, it's and like, it's I, just, didn't, I didn't send you a card, Charlie. <laughs> and it's just a, an excuse for Charlie Brown to be sarcastic. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. Yeah. I'm not saying I dislike this of the movie. It's just... I wish there was a little more show and not as much tell. Agreed. It's the best way I know how to put it because we're told that Charlie Brown's depressed because of the commercialism mm-hmm. in his life. We don't really get to see that. Yeah, there's. We're yeah. told they're putting on a Christmas play. As far as I can tell, they're putting on a dance party. Pretty much. It doesn't. None of that takes away from. Linus's speech, don't get me wrong. Right. And his recitation. But the excuses for what is going on is all told to us. It's not shown to us. Agreed. And that's kind of what I wish was different. Agreed. So what's your second dislike? My second dislike, there again, it's going back to the the uh, quote unquote the play mm-hmm. where uh Charlie is getting uh verbally assaulted for bringing the wrong tree. <laughs> yeah. Because he wants to bring the rinky dink tree and thinks that's going to be the best one, not bringing the the uh, the aluminum one. So proof that he doesn't know his audience exactly. So this throughout the entire scene, there's all these characters. Then like I noticed that throughout the entire thing, where like the character skin tone, like you would have it's one one shade, and then it's, like in the next frame, it changed to another skin tone, another another shade of whatever color. And I was like, I understand it's a cheap shoestring budget. Yes. And that drove but, me nuts. But you would have liked more consistency. Yeah, more consistency. I understand. Be like, go back, remaster this film, and um, uh, color correct it. It uh, looked- depends on what the actual issue is for me. If this is present in the actual elements, like mm-hmm. in the actual film, like if you were to actually project it onto a screen. Right. I wouldn't want them to fix that because that that's I'm, I'm a purist in that way. I get that. 
I mean, it's like when you go back and you look at how Disney cleaned up Cinderella and you can't see half the details in her dress. That is true. They've gone back and recorrected that. I know, but that was a problem for a yeah. time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm much more of leave the, the, the bad, the bad animation. In. I would agree. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. You know, if you're going to remake it, that's a different thing. Yeah. But, uh, or at least try to clean it up a little at, bit. It, it should be color corrected so that for a little bit of consistency. Exactly. But if the, if it's cause if the skin color is changing because it's one thing, if the skin color is changing because the, the, the film is changing. Yeah. It's another thing. If they accidentally use the wrong color for the skin when they were painting the set. Yeah. I, 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 that's my, that's my approximate. That's my, that's my thought with there again. It's they, they like you said before, they were up, they were making this two like up to the gun of the, yeah. uh, the uh, the broadcast. They probably barely had any time for any quality assur- quality control on this. Oh yeah, so that is understandable. But at the same time, be like, I really wish they would have like gone back and like like tweaked it a little bit, made it made a little more consistency in there when it comes to the- now. I will also point out one other thing: neither one of us have brought up yet. What's that? We're seeing a high definition flat screen LCD progressive scan. Yeah. Of this. That was never the way this was intended to be watched. Of course. This was intended to be watched on a CRT <laughs> interlay signal mm-hmm. with half the signal getting there a split second after the other half of the signal got there. Mm-hmm. We are seeing a f- we're seeing all the, the warts and stuff because it's not getting mess it's not getting smoothed over. Yeah, exactly. By the by the electron gun mm-hmm. that this was intended to be watched with. Yeah. So I I will throw that little bit of a shtick in there. That makes sense. Because that could actually clean up a lot of the problems we're actually talking about. Yeah. In terms of the the skin tone problems. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Just throwing that out there. Yeah. Good points. Good point. All good points. All good points. Yeah. That was, that was my number two complaint was Mm -hmm. the, the alteration, the either it's the way it was originally supposed to be projected. Yeah. Color problems, uh, wasn't able to, um, uh, manage everything the way it should have been due to its time constraint. But overall the, 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 like you would have one part of the skin would be a, like, like a flush tone and the next, mm-hmm. the arm would be like a slight pink color. I'm like, I wish they could have, I wish they would have had managed that a little better. That's now, what I'm saying. I will say I did watch this twice, once on the Apple TV mm-hmm. version and once on the DVD. Yeah. It looked better on DVD. Okay. That's just the thing. I'm just going to throw that out there. Okay. All right. In fact, my second dislike uh, is only true of the Apple TV version. Okay. Because I did not catch it on this version, and that was the editing around the Coca-Cola endorsements. Okay. It's not so much the one at the end, it's the one that was at the beginning. Um, A, Linus hitting the Coca-Cola sign at this point is lost media because they're not even putting it on this, which I would be fine with at this point. I don't think Coca-Cola would care. In fact, they probably like a little bit of free advertising. Uh, True. And I would love to see an uncut version of this because I like to see the original edit of anything. Agreed. Uh, But the way they edited around that Coca-Cola part there at the beginning, it's, 
they didn't even do a good fade out of the music before it would have gone to that. It looks like they went right up to the frame when it would have switched over to to Linus flying through the air to hit the sign mm-hmm. or whatever it actually went to next. Mm-hmm. And then just cut the music off there. It's like you could at least fade the audio out. Could have, yeah. Maybe you, you could have given like about a second or two as you see the words of Charlie Brown Christmas, fade the audio, fade the audio out. And that way when you come back from the commercial, mm-hmm. which is the reason for the quick cut on the other end, uh, you could go ahead and, you know, bring the audio back up then. Also, this is not something we talk about much on the show because most of the time we don't have to deal with commercial breaks. That is true. That were part of the original thing. I don't know if this is the way it's situated on the masters or if this was just how, um, the digital version is. Mm -hmm. I want where the commercial breaks would have been where they were designed to go in. I should say, I want two or three seconds of a black screen. Okay. That makes sense. Just so it's like, okay, this was the commercial. There is meant to be a break here, but the way they did it, it jumps from, one scene right into the next. And there's a little bit of weirdness in that cut because it was not meant. Those, those two scenes were not meant to be Mm -hmm. seen back to back. There was supposed to be a commercial for Sears Roebuck in there selling Mm -hmm. you, uh, I don't know from the sixties. What would have been a big toy in the sixties? Yeah. uh, Slinkies. Yeah. Slinky or something. Or I guess I don't think with light, I don't think light bright was around by then. But that there was supposed to be a commercial there for I don't know the Flintstones breakfast cereal <laughs> for pub, for Fruity Pebbles uh, with Fred Flintstone and Barney Rubble doing their thing from the sixties or something to that effect. There's not it's not meant to go straight from this shot to this shot. There's supposed to be a, a separation there. Put that separation in there, please. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to make fake commercials, mind you. I just want you to put in a black screen two or th- for like a second or two just long enough that the mental break comes in. We're at the break we're at, we're at the, we're, it went to commercial and mm. now we're back. That's all I want. And that would fix the edit. Okay. But that would fix that would actually fix, but all the editing problems in this for me. Okay. Because I, the more I think about it, each one of the, even the Coca-Cola thing. Yeah. That would have been fixed if you to just faded to a commercial and then come back. Agreed. That's all I want. <laughs> That's my second dislike. What's I got your you. third? My third dislike, there again, this is uh, going back to, like, Drew's excellent point on his second of utilizing the fact that there were commercials. Um, there is a lot of, if you pay attention to the uh, the line work on this, there's a lot of bleed over. There's a lot of bleed over with the uh, the character designs. Now, Grant, it's not a lot, but you notice it if if you if you pay attention to those things. Uh, like whenever they get really close, uh, real close up on a character, you can see that the uh, the color bleed on it just slightly. And I understand it's part. It, it could have been when they they scanned this in digitally and compressed it. And compress it, putting it on DVD and Blu-ray, or making a, a, a digital stream. 
that could have caused it because I'm fairly certain it could have been, it could have been during the original broadcast. Uh, just this little, little bit of a, a, a color bleed over there again. It is the sixties. It's not a modern, it's not a modern, it's not a modern movie. I hope they don't remake this. No, don't remake it. Don't remake it. it. It's, it's a great, perfect little short film as it is. I'll get to talk about my problems with remaking in about two episodes. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So yeah, mine was just this, this little bleed over is a nitpick. This, this bleed over whenever you got into like a close up with the character, it was just, it, it was slightly frustrating that it would happen, but understanding the the limitations of animation at the time, it was the sixties. You go back and watch some of the sixty films from Disney or whoever, mm-hmm. like you had slight bleed over, just very slight. Um, but and Disney having a like greater this- budget, they could do it uh, more efficiently. Yeah. But with this restricted budget and a time restraint, apparently you had to cut corners and apparently some of the cut corners was letting a little bit of bleed over. I'm also suspecting, uh, this is looking a little bit worse than it normally would because I don't think the transfer was from the original film masters from when they animated it. Probably. In fact, I bet this may not have even gone to film originally. I bet it was straight to, uh, the old, old videotape from the sixties. Yeah. Which is going to give you a little, especially over time, especially depending on how many times it was transferred. Mm. Yeah. Degradation. There's going to be some degradation that may have caused some of the weird coloring issues we were talking about. Yeah. And a lot of what you were just talking about. Yeah. Agreed. So yeah, that was, that's there again. My third is a nitpick. What is yours? My third dislike is that the story feels oddly compressed. Yet It's also too long. Okay. I call this a the. I say it that way. I think it's more of a pacing issue. Okay, makes sense. Than anything else? Yeah. I think some of that may be fixed with what I mentioned earlier about the commercial breaks, Mm -hmm. because that's obviously where the act breaks are. Mm -hmm. (coughs) But um, it feels like we focus, we 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 uh, zoom in on these moments and stay there for a while because oh, they're this. It's this funny little skit. That we're mm-hmm. working on right now, but we but we get back to the we we will stay on that and then we'll get back to the story for a bit, like the whole part of uh, uh, Lucy wanting Schroeder to play Jingle Bells, yeah, and she tries and she gives him very nondescript ways of playing Jingle Bells mm-hmm. to the point where he finally just gives up and starts playing off key on his piano one finger at a time. Mm-hmm. The Jingle Bell singing, she goes, "Oh, that's it." He goes okay, flipping. Yeah, is, is, okay, yeah, that's funny. What does this have to do with the play? Yeah. Because he's obviously playing Beethoven. He's already chosen for release for the Christmas music that came up earlier. Mm-hmm. It's not exactly a Christmassy classic song, but whatever. Yeah. Why is we now playing Jingle Bells? I don't know. Jingle Bells would work in this, and it's, it's playing off. Well, the first two versions sounded fine. Right. The third one was obviously him just being angry at Lucy. Right. But which was a great joke. Don't get me mm-hmm. wrong. Right. But it feels like we, we focus so much on these moments mm-hmm. that we aren't focusing on the story because there's not much story to focus on. That is true. And I know some, to some degree that's because they're trying to adapt the comic strip, mm-hmm. which 
like we talked about last week with My Neighbors the Yamadas. Yes. Um, sometimes that leads to a skit that's this long versus a skit that's you know shorter or a skit that's longer, depending on how it was set up. I get that. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But I still think, especially with a 30-minute short, if you're, you either are going to be making skits where you, like where my neighbors, the Amadas, they actually said, yeah, this is this skit, this is this skit. They gave each skit a name. Mm-hmm. This is obviously with the idea, uh, written with the idea that this is all happening one right after another. But at the same time, it feels like there's very little story for it to, all these things to connect into. Yeah. That's, and that's just, I, I think that's more of a nitpick for me. But yeah, like I, it's, it feels like it's too long and it feels like there's parts of it that are compressed in there because it's like, and now we have to hit the plot and go really, really fast. And now we're going to, now to, we're going to another joke. Mm-hmm. Agreed. It's weird. And Agreed. I, it, I, it's more of a pacing issue than anything else. And like I said, for the most part, not looking at this critically, I don't notice it. But when I watch it for the show, of course, I have to look at it critically. Mm-hmm. So I just wish there was a, it was the pacing was just a little bit more streamlined, a little more consistent. That's all I'm asking. All right. Which brings us to the end of our reviews, which means we need to rate this thing. Mm-hmm. What are you rating it? I am going to rate it. I'm gonna give it a nine. I'll be like it's it's an enjoyable little short. Uh, it's got a very sweet little message, even though there's not a whole lot story there. It's yeah. got a, it's got an amazing little message to it, and um, about what the meaning of Christmas is and the the joy of what Christmas should mean, and uh, learning that lesson. I, I thought that was a very amazing little story. The the little vignettes here and there of. Uh, definitely with Snoopy just mocking Lucy was yeah. hilarious, and uh, it's 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 a timeless classic which should be enjoyed by all. And uh, if you haven't watched the entire thing, watch it. If you're an adult, watch it with your kids. Uh, if you're a kid or a, a, a young adult, go watch it. Just, watch it with the family. It's clean. Yeah, exactly. It's got a good message. Go watch it. It's Charlie Brown and Snoopy. Yes. What what go, what can what can go wrong? There again, a we, lot could go wrong. A what a lot could go wrong, but it's fa- it's family fun. It's just a good little short. So go watch it. What's your score? I'm also giving it a nine. Excellent. It's a uh, it's a fun little short. It's only about thirty minutes long, so it takes almost none of your time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so in many ways, it's a mostly harmless thing. Most of what I brought up as uh, negatives, mm-hmm. dislikes. Indeed. Those are more nitpicks than anything else. It's just things I would like for it to be a little bit better. Yeah, there's not much you can actually improve on. I feel in this for what it is, and because of what it is, I don't want them to change it now. Yeah, indeed. Because I feel this is landmark animation. Indeed, especially for TV animation. I mean, it won an Emmy award. So, and and it had almost half of the ratings for the night that originally aired and it airs every year. Mm -hmm. Every year for over 50 years. years. Yes. I'm sorry. At that point, you don't get to be called a bad. Yeah. And so it's a classic. You should go watch it. Yeah. These little things might hinder you, especially if you're, 
used to modern day stuff, mm-hmm. just take it with a grain of salt. Indeed. I'm not going to tell you to turn your brain off because that's impossible, but just take it for what it is. Yeah, enjoy just it. Just take it for what it is. Enjoy it for what it is. And yeah, that's that's my thoughts on it. All right, excellent. Which brings us to the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. Next week, we're going to be reviewing a movie that I won't have until Thursday. Understood. Um, it is Arthur Christmas. Really? Yes. Mm. It is a story about Santa Claus, about the latest in the long line of Santa Clauses, um, trying to take care of some business, oh. trying to prove himself. Yeah. Which brings us to the trivia question for this week, and it's not on here; it's over here. Brings us to the trivia question for this episode. What is Arthur trying to deliver in this movie? Hmm. Good question. So uh, I will be posting that probably tomorrow morning in on the Facebook group. So take a look out for that. And uh, go ahead and give an answer when you see it. And uh, in the meantime, uh, you know, go find that. I know it's on, uh, I saw it on Amazon. Mm-hmm. If you want to go watch it. Yeah, it's on Amazon. And don't want to, and can't find it at the store like I couldn't. <laughs> and had to order it online. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I guess that's going to be it for us this week. I guess so. So, uh, in the meantime, this has been Drew. This is Jacob. And we'll catch you in the next frame. Come, Jacob. We must prepare for next week. Prepare for what, Drew? Same thing we do every week, Jacob. Record a podcast! Oh, boy! So where can they find you, Jacob? You can find me on Facebook at Jacob B. Heron. Also on Facebook at Jacob Daily Art Corner, where I try to draw each and every day. I don't get to it as often as I like, but uh, join me there. Also, you can find me on Instagram at Jacob B. Heron. On Twitter at Jacob Heron and Letterbox at Jacob Heron. So where can they find you, Drew? You can also follow me on Letterbox at GGeorge759. Facebook as Drew Dodgen. Uh, my Facebook page where you can see pictures I've taken at Drew's Photo Bin. You can also follow me on Twitter at GGeorge759. You can email us at thecellcastpodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at cast underscore cell. You can follow us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash thecellcastgaming. You can also follow us on YouTube at Cellcast. Listen to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and your favorite podcast directory. You can also listen to us on the Movie of the Week podcast with Jim Heron, where we talk about live-action movies. And remember, Cell is a single single L. L. Good grief. (laughs) And Merry Christmas.